I'm Stevie Wonder in Lipoto. Tanda Plain go by when I order Tilemo. Ooh, baby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. We got Mr. Wanda Lipoto um, joining us today on the second episode of Marco Plan Season 2. Um, full circle. It's a beautiful day in Cape Town. Uh, I can feel I can feel my boys feeling special. Said orange tushies, <laughs> tussies, tussies trousers, Birkenstocks, like in true Cape Town fashion. How are you hey, feeling, baby? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Trust me, I'm good. Thank you, thank you for having me uh, on the second second episode of the second season. I appreciate it. it truly means a lot. Um, and just for your time, the time we spent together over the last couple of days has been good, man. A lot of conversations that we've had. So yeah, man, it's special. Shout out to you. Thank you, bro. Happy to have you, man. Um, I think, like, as you mentioned, like, we spent, like, a couple, like, we, we spent time together over those yeah. past couple of days connecting, um, giving each other reminders about, like, where the journey is headed. Yeah. And um, what I appreciated in those conversations is that, like, the leading theme was um, a sense and a heart of collaboration and a sense of a community. Um, and I think it begins and starts, like, it begins and ends there. And I appreciate I appreciate that that was, like, sort of, like, the leading theme in those conversations. But yeah. on an even lighter note, take me back to, like, the Berea days in Johannesburg. I understand you're, jo- you, you're born in Soweto, but you grew up in, in Joburg. Um, what did your surroundings, how did your surroundings as a child inform the individual you are today? Um, so it's the other way around. It's, oh. it's born in Joburg. Okay. Raised in Soweto, Soweto to some degrees. Got you. And then, like, lived in Joburg for most of my life. Um, Perea was crazy, man. Um, Xichuzi. Um, and super multicultural. Like, so many tribes, so many people, so many languages, so many heritages, so many lives. Um, in the center of that city and it was super special for me because I think that's where I learned to love community so much. Like, we work together to build this thing. Like, whether you're an immigrant or whether uh, you're an asylum seeker, uh, whether you're a native to the, to, to the land, um, whatever your attitude, whatever your spirit, we need you in this community because without amakunyawako ekseni angili ngelanch, you know what I mean? And that's what community is. Without without the Zulu taxi driver taking all of us to work as Fegam Sivinzin. And that taught me community, taught me to open myself up to different nations, to different people, to different conversations, different identities, representations. And to this day, it still informs who I am because I was in the center of the city learning different things, different languages that these guys respect to them is like this. You got to set boundaries with these kind of guys because they're like that. Um, and it, t- it taught me so much, but it was beautiful, you know? Um, my mom, like my mom, like from an early age, was just like, dog, you got this. The city's like this. It's going to challenge you like this. Um, you got to move like this, but you got it. And respect these people, respect everyone around you because you never know how you're going to need them. And then, And now... Like I need, I need the city in a different kind of way, you know. Um, it forms, it informs what I do in a different kind of way. I can't, I don't see myself doing what I love without the people of my city, without the people of this country. 
And that's what my work is rooted in. It's rooted in reflecting the people of this country and of this continent of this continent in the most authentic way possible that I can. So yeah, man. Amazing, man. Um that's beautiful. And um growing up, I mean like we are we we have so many different interests, whether it begins with football, um, or whether it is fashion first. Um, what was the first sort of like um, interest that grown on you as a kid that also informed what you became to be later on? Ish, um, I think, so in town, right, I used, to li- I, used to, I used to live with my mom, and this is before my dad came to live with us. Um, my mom used to sell clothes, like on the side of the street, um, like secondhand clothes. So from a very young age, I was already into thrifting culture, secondhand culture, dressing really well, like putting on my mom's fur, like uh, like fur coats from like a young age. Like, yo, I need this one. So I was always already entrenched in the culture of clothes from a very young age. And then just before my dad moved back, um, moved back home with us. I started spending a lot of time with my dad, and that's where I got a different kind of sort of like teaching which was the love for football that I had because my dad was an aspirational football player whose career just didn't make it because of injuries um, and those were my worlds for a very long time it was like on weekends during the week I'm with my mom helping her sort out like all the thrifting stuff that she, w- she had pulled together um, and that informed my taste informed my perspective informed everything that I wanted to do wanted to explore because I was interested in both my parents in a different kind of way. Um, and, yeah, like, for, for a huge part of my life, I think that was me, like, football and fashion. And as the older I grew, the more I explored all of those until a point where, like, when I was in high school, I was like, Ish, Pops, like, I can't do the football thing anymore. Like, it's scale. It just has to take priority. Um and I just want to focus on my studies. And that's where I think the turn and shift happened for me, where I started being more into the fashion, like s- sketching, collecting for myself and not collecting for my mom, mm. um, collecting to sell, collecting to alter, customize, tailor. That's where the tailor tailoring aspect of my work comes in. Because mm. I'm like, yo, you're thrifting a double XL Gucci jacket in town and you're making it small to fit your 15... 15-year-old self. Mm. You're learning about all these things and you're encountering all these things. And then even for me, and this is this thing we were talking about, about community, I grew up at Jersey where it's like on Fridays here at Gandhi Square and Gandhi used to be like a melting pot of different subcultures. So there's the R&B guys that want to be Asha. Mm. This is 2008, 2007. There's a mapanzula, gunikotane, gunamapujwa, gunama stuff rider, like the homies that like on the trains, on top of the trains, mm. before and after school. There's the girls, album shows, that's what we used to call them, with album shows, abashai pem, eskel. Different kinds of subcultures rooted in different things mm. music, fashion, dance, rap, cramping. There's the hip hop homies. Mm. You know what I mean? All these sort of cultures meeting in one place or at different places, but in one moment, having several conversations of culture at one time, which all informed who I was 
And then I was dressing these homies like, yo, if I can get a, a t-shirt on this guy because he's performing. If we can dress this girl, if we can dress the Tom Landa, you know what I mean? All these things, like they informed who I was because I, I was living it, I was there and it was so important to me. So that's where it all came from to some degree for me, yeah. Amazing. And like during the early days, I mean, your best friend, Ukabelo, who was in the younger grade than you, you guys met in high school, right? And um, post high school and even during high school, thrifting has become such a big part of your lives, which also like happened to you mentioning that like, like you mentioned, like you wanted to get that respective T-shirt and that guy because he's going to be performing there. And like some of the people that you were sourcing clothes to was was included the Scoop Macatinis and the, the, the golden age of boys and bucks. Like what was the energy like then? Were, were were they necessarily like in tune stylistically with the thrifting culture that you guys were aware of or did you actually like shift the perspective and make them focus on like okay maybe this is the way to go stylistically at the time no 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 the home the homies were always on got uh, you like, uh, I'll, I'll speak for specifically for a boys and box or scoop who i i guess i'm the closest to um, like he was always on, so we we we'd learn a lot from the homies, but sometimes, I guess even for them being older, and at the time being more professional and into their careers more than we were, they didn't have enough time to be sourcing the stuff. Mm. Whereas we were young, I had more time mm. spending on the ground, spending thrifting, so we had more time to refine, get all the gems, and sell it back to the homies. Mm. You know, but that was such a pivotal time for us because it wasn't just them. It was other other crews like seeing a different crew, seeing Monte Rebane, seeing vintage crew. Um, everyone was doing stuff. Um, seeing Faka, you know what I mean. Mm. Twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Um, like I know, like I remember Tato used to work um, for a publication and gave us our first interview, and it was like so important. Like just him say saying, "Yo, I want to document your process." in the early foundation days of the Sartis, me and Gabriela thrifting, I want to interview you guys because what you guys are doing, what you're adding to this culture matters so much. You know what I mean? Recommending like, oh, you guys should open a Tumblr or a blog spot. This mm. shit is fire. Mm. Things we didn't know about because we were just on the ground spending enough time sourcing these clothes, trying mm. to dress musicians, mm. dressing football players, dressing guys that were going into their first jobs, mm. be it advertising, be it into the corporate world. That's what we were stuck on, whereas other people were seeing the creative impact that this could have if we chose that path, which I don't think we had seen at the time, but other homies had seen it to be like, yo, what you guys are actually creating is super special. Um, so that's, that's for us was like, oh, okay, we did this thing because we loved it and we used to sell it and we were passionate about it, but we learned so much also from the game, from other people that had done it which is something I miss right now, you know, like I feel like, and I sp we spoke about this, that mm. I don't think, um, I don't see personally, and I'm not everywhere, I'm not on the ground as much as I used to be, but I don't see the collective culture of togetherness exist, especially in Joburg anymore as it, like it used to, like we're all stuck in our isolated pockets of being influencers in isolation, mm. whereas there's no community culture where there's collectives anymore. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? There was the Sartis, there was the Boys and Bucks. Mm. I see a different you, vintage crew, Don Dad and Ikotani. Mm. You know what I mean? All doing different things at the same. We had Cass Group, Jamal. Um, you know what I mean? 
and we separated from that couch. And I guess times change, times progress, um, things things change, the landscape changes. But I miss that, especially especially for Joburg. Yeah, I miss that. If if you could summarize it in like different moments and memories, what was what was the most prolific or memorable styling or source contribution that you've ever made as the artist in the early days? And what did that impact amount to? Hey man, I w- I'll say it, I'll say it like this. Like being able to thrift a jean for 50 rand and being able to sell it for 20k to pay your school fees at the age of 21 and 22 on eBay was special. Because we don't come from privileged homes that where our parents were able to do that for us. They were able to do other things, but unfortunately, due to apartheid and all the disadvantages of life, they just weren't able to accumulate so much money throughout their, their lives to be able to do that for us. So for us to be able to do that for ourselves, I guess for me and for KB, I know, was one of the most important things where you're able to thrift a look, shoot a photo, and have that photo get you casted for a TVC where you'll be able to, you'll, where you'll be paid X amount of money mm-hmm. and you can take that money back home to be like, ma, this is what I can do for you right now at my age. Mm-hmm. I got you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For me, that like was the best contribution I was able to make for my life at that time because I had these aspirations of going to fashion school. Okay, we had these aspirations of going to journalist, like to be a journalist to some degree. And using second-hand clothes that people were disregarding, people at the time didn't find any value in, and being able to thrift an item and sell it back to the brand, mm. sell it to an international audience on eBay, on a Tumblr, have the money arrive in your account so you can live your life was such a special thing that we were able to do for ourselves, not just from the financial side, but just also in educating ourselves about fashion, connecting cultures with connecting even global cultures and like talking to international people like a Ouija from the Brooklyn Circus to be like, yo, this is what I'm finding in Joburg. Speaking to street etiquette, like, yo, this is what I'm finding in Joburg. You know, speaking to Japanese buyers that were like, yo, man, like, what are you guys getting? Like, I need X, B, and C. Like, can you get this for me? And we were getting that and selling that, like, really helped our journeys, you know? And then even starting an archive of collections, like at one point, me and KB had, like, I think it was 450 pairs of Levi's jeans. This is 2014, 2015. Not not one pair was the same as the other. They were all different pairs. Mm. And we shot that. Um, And then fast forward eight, nine years later, I'm now doing the 150-year anniversary for Levi's 501. Mm. It's full sec circle journey that mm. just shows that things pay off and they pay off in their own time as long as you love it enough to see it through amazing man um i think primarily like i the sort the sartist was the driving vehicle for you guys to foresee many of your your dreams and aspirations whether it be using the hustle culture of taking that that garment that you found for 50 rand and i don't know putting it on a platform like ebay that has an international audience or rather like a higher level merit of an audience who understand what the garment is and what the special the special the special attachment that resides in that like rarity and all of those things in that respect of like garment 
But my question is, um, at the time, you'd obviously left Cape Town. You you went you left Joburg to go to Cape Town to study engineering, and you only spent one year here. Mm-hmm. So. Take me through that because I think there's there's moments of realizations in certain pockets of our lives where we realize or rather yearn to follow our calling on a higher and mag- magnet magnified level, doing what we don't enjoy. So, what were your conversations with yourselves then in that Cape Town period? Because Cape Town was not just you coming to Cape Town. This is the first time you're leaving your city, um, independent. You don't have the financial surety that you had in Joburg with the thrifting and the side gigs you were you 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 were you were getting on the side the community wasn't really there um what was conversations like with yourself during that period hey man so i put it like this so in in 2010 i matriculate me and kb were starting to form like a friendship a bond i'd known him for years we played football together grew up around each other we weren't close friends but i knew him he knew me uh, like he was like he was a year below me, super stylish at the time, same as same as myself. So we bonded through that. So in 2010, I matriculate. In 2011, I take a gap year. In 2011, he matriculates. In that gap year, like he's starting to thrift. He's inviting me. He's like, "Yo, bro, I'm thrifting. Join me if you can. Where I can, I join him. Where he can join me, he does." And then in 2012, like we st- like we st- like. Um, actually, 2011, towards the end of the year, we start properly chilling. Like it's like this kid has valile. He's waiting for his results. We're on Tumblr. We look. We're looking through like the blogs. We're starting like we're we're going through the motions. Like we're building. Like we're connecting. Like we're connecting our lives together. Like his his dad is a football legend. My dad is a football lover. Our love for fashion. Our love for style. Our love for the icons we have. Nick Wooster. Ouija Theodore, Street Etiquette, we're on Facebook, we're connecting with these homies, these homies are loving our pictures. In 2012, I have to leave, I have to go to Varsity. And I'm like, Ash boy, I'm going to Cape Town, I don't know how we're going to do this thing, but I have to do this engineering thing and I'm going to do that for my parents because, you know, you know how it goes. Shop by Vi, I, but I'm unhappy. I arrived in Cape Town. There wasn't a, cu- there wasn't a, I remember arriving and like, I drop off my bags, I go out, I'm like, hey, there's this brand, yeah, she's like, Tubop, where am I going to find a Tubop 5 panel? I go around mm. the city, I don't know anyone, but I want to find this thing. I don't find it, I go back to Varsity, I'm like, I, okay, eventually I find it. Now I'm stocking Tubop 5 panels. Where are you finding the Tubop at the where time? Was, where was I, fi- I think there was a space, I think it was in Woodstock, I can't remember. Um. Uh, I th- yeah, yeah, it was in Woodstock, they had a space in Woodstock. I'm buying the stuff. Smith and Abrams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. buying the stuff. I'm sending it back to Joburg. So every time I go to Joburg, we put some two up. Me and KB are gonna do a shoot using I'm a two, two bob bob. five panels. Mm. So we start shooting in 2012. Like we start mixing the streetwear five panels with the two up with the thrifted suits. So we're doing photo shoots. We're doing photo shoots, and we're mixing this thing. But I can see every time I leave and I come to Cape Town, Joburg. And he's getting a lot of attention. And he's like, dog, you need to come back. Because here, things are great. Street cred happens. And I think the cultural shift in Joburg also happens. Mm. Where there's an international audience paying attention to what's happening culturally in Joburg. There's, there's a need for what we're doing. You know what I mean? Street cred happens. 
from that, the homies from Smith and Abrahams, um, Tubop, homies are leaving for, for Berlin, the trade shows. You know, there's something that's happening. You know what I mean? There's brands that are emerging, um, Scotch is dope, and all these things. Like, there's a lot of culture. And 20, in 2012, I get back home. At the end of the day, I'm like, ah, nah. Mom, dad, I'm really, man. I'm mm. sorry. I got to be here in Joburg. Me and KB have started building something solid. I don't know what it is. I don't know what mm. it's going to be called, but this thing is solid. Mm. Like I'm making money mm. off of this thing somehow. Mm. And there's potential here. So I, I in 2013, I, I'm like, ah, I'm going to fashion school. Sharp, I go. And then that's how we built the sorts. We start doing more photo shoots. We start having more conversations. We start thrifting more deeply and rooted in, into different things. And that's how we start informing. And then, Ukabelo is in journalism, like he's doing journalism, and he's like, "Bro, do you have an archive? Like, do you have a like a photo archive of your of of your of, of your family?" And I'm like, "Nah, I actually don't." He's like, "I also don't." And then we start thinking about what the archive means for Black people, mm. Black families. Do Black people actually have family photos? Do we have an archive of our grandfathers, our uncles, dressed really well? And for a lot of us, we didn't. So we were like, actually, this artist is a platform to create an archive for black people to use as a reference point in fashion from this point forward in different ways. Not just the sartorial aspect, but the spiritual aspect. It's okay. It's What does it mean? What does that conversation talk about? Mm. What does it get into? And can that photo be fashion? Can it be art? Mm. And how can we create this thing so it can mean something valuable to the community? That That's what the Sartist was about. Mm. The Sartist explored work where in the South African context of mining, what did miners go through working through the mines? Why does Levi's, Dickies, Carhartt matter so much in this context beyond just mining? What do these clothes represent in the representations of our people? How did, how were these clothes also used to mentally enslave our people? Mm. How did these what does these suits mean in the black context of the black diamond and black families having some form of wealth? And how is that portrayed? What does that look like? What does it mean? What does land look like? And exploring those those conversations. So it was using fashion as a creative outlet to explore deep, meaningful conversations about other things that we live alongside, but just using fashion as a tool to have those conversations. So that's what we started doing in 2013. Yeah. I don't know if I even answered No, you, you, yeah. you did, you did. I think you summed it up in the, in the best way. Um, now, now you're back in Joburg. Now the Sartist vehicle is um, starting to walk and become something that is very solid. Um, at the time, now it's like, this is the point where the, crea- the raw creativity is now becoming and turning into a profession. What was the first pivotal campaign or brand you worked with that really gave you the opportunity to cross over to the corporate um the corporate side? Um yeah, so so yeah, man. I think maybe some people know this sto- the story, but yeah, like so 2013 we've built this thing, we're building it. 2014 we're still building. We start to introduce Suandile who became our photographer. Uh, fourth member of the artist, Xavier, who was in advertising, started like quit his job in advertising. And, um, actually, I shouldn't probably mention the agency. 
um, but he quit his job, and it was just the four of us, and we we're like, okay, shop, we're doing this thing full time. Um, Xavier was like, yo, I have a, I worked in advertising, so I know how to put together a pitch, but what are we pitching? So we're like, do we want to pitch this thing to Adidas? Um, I, th- I think at the time, I don't know if it was th- 2013 or 2014, there was a campaign near ZX Flux, and in Brahm, it was hot. Mm. Like, it was hot. And they gave those ZX Flux to everyone but us. And I was like, yo, I, this one's hot. I, okay, let's pitch. Went to sports scene, I think it wasn't even sports scene. It was like a... I want to say it's a share shop, but it's one of those lower tier, mm. lower tier sports mm. retailers. Mm. We're like, guys, and we're going to shoot this superstar. We're going to do a Satis campaign. He's superstar for Eddie, but it's by Satis. No, no budget, nothing. Mm. The city's going to see us because we have something to say. Mm. And we did it. Bought Brokes, took the three stripes off the uh, superstars, put them on the Brokes, made mm. a suit. Shot this thing, went to events, started wearing full Addy, like the slides, the backpacks, mm. everything. We're like, dog, they're going to see us in the city. They didn't give us the flux. I was the one. That was the sort of attitude, you know what I mean? And we pitched, found out, it's okay, shop, who's the brand director here? Who's the seating, blah, 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 here? Who's the what, what, what? What's the agency? We have a document to, s- to send. It's 10 slides. We just want 10K. 10K, we're going to shoot it. Uh, we're gonna do everything, whatever you guys need. Just give give us ten k. Mm. Don't we don't even want to pay ourselves. Just give us ten k, and and then we started like I guess making noise at the events. People were like, oh shit, those guys are doing some shit. Um, and then it started, and then the first campaign, I think f- officially, uh, the Sartre's first ever thing that we did that paid us was a Coca Cola job in twenty thirteen. Was a Coca Cola TVC. Um, with the running dog, looking for like our names on the cans. Mm. But the first brand campaign that we ever pitched for was with Adidas, where we pitched to replace Pharrell's face um, for the superstar campaign with our faces. Because we're like, yo, man, Pharrell's great, and Pharrell's a global figure throughout the world. But what does this campaign mean locally? Let's localize this campaign so there's relatability so people can see themselves in the campaign. Because Pharrell's, like, it's unattainable. Like, I'm team. But at least me, you know, as Rwanda, you can, you can come to Bram, you can come feel me. But my story opera also represents the story of any kid that's ever lived Ekasi or in the city. Like, my dream represents and feels like a very tangible dream for any South African black kid that wants to do this thing. And that's what we pitch, that we want to be we want people to feel that. We want people to feel like campaigns can be attainable and reachable for them. Um, and I think that's that was the one that like was super memorable. We replaced Pharrell's face with our faces, and there was a storefront in Bram. We threw a party, small party, and it was good, you know? Like, it was good. Like, it was like, oh, okay. Okay, this is the one. This is the one that where the city was like, they finally acknowledged us as, okay, these kids have gone from just being cool guys that dress really well, but have, have have gone on to become something that matters in the city. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. All of that fueled by just 
not getting a pair of ZX Flux. It's <laughs> a beautiful story. Especially at that time, you know? Hey, it was a crazy time. I was gonna say, I was gonna say right now, why okay ZX Flux? Why you wanna get listen to my It's not the same. Beautiful man, damn. Uh, I mean, as much as clothes is the driving factor in this thing, um, it's also complemented by uh, by a community which party culture resides in, um, yeah. and like curating vibes, bringing the community together. Um, outside of that ZX Flux first party, what were other sort of like community orientated um, efforts this artist was making to? I don't know, relate and connect with its audience at the time? I think we were always, to some degree, me and KB, I guess especially for us two, having started in the early days, we were always performance art driven. So anyone that remembers us from that time, like we'd arrive at at an event, like in characters, you know? Like I remember we... Like, I remember Street Cred, I think this is even 2014, when we when we wore, like, the tennis outfits and started playing tennis at Street Cred. Like, it was just, like, putting on a performance. Because it's, like, the research that we were doing at the time, like, we were looking... It was, like, we did this project called the, the Sata Sports Series that I think we shot in 2013 and looked at um, black sports heroes. Like, do we have black sports heroes from an archival point in several sports? Not just football not just rugby, not just cricket, like tennis, and we struggled to find pictures. We looked at other sports, and we tried to recreate those moments, but in a performance art way. So that's what we were doing, like going to street cred, like in the tennis, and saying there's representation for black people in these sports. It just wasn't documented. And if it was documented, it was erased somehow from the history so we don't have a reference point that is in a book or in a journal, in some form of writing, that can say, which Uzbanban did A, B, and C. But we know that that thing exists. You know what I mean? So we tried to create the reference point, as I said, that became Future Archive. So we were doing these small things to relate to an audience, to relate to, the, to, to, to what we were trying to build. Like I remember going to Selfie. Uh, Celeste from Selfie invited us to a runway show, a fashion week, and we knew. It's like, okay, we're going to this runway um, fashion show in Joburg in Joburg the audience is like super flashy and we arrived like in Tiki's pants 1995 Bafana football jersey 94 Kaiser Chiefs football jersey sporty converse yeah and they didn't want to let us in yeah they didn't want to let us we had to call Celeste like her, sh- her runway show is in 10 minutes we had to call her be like yo dog our names are on the list. You put us on the guest list, but they don't want to let us in. They say they're calling us ghetto. But what do you mean the 95 Bafana jersey and the 94 yeah. Kaiser Chief jersey is ghetto when that is heritage? That is football legacy. That mm. is our identity. That's our culture. That's our roots. Mm. What do you mean this is ghetto because it's fashion week? This is fashion for us. Zangena. It's that front row. Mm. Even front row. I want those bigger snacks. It's like we're not, we're not respecting maybe the legacy of what Fashion Week is. Mm. But for us, it's like, you guys are not respecting the legacy of what South African fashion is. Mm. So who's wrong in this context? So we were doing small things like that just to show that South Africa has a huge part to play in the global conversation of what fashion is 
and the global conversation of what culture is, you know? And I think these are things we take for granted, maybe because we don't have access to the luxury part of it. Mm. But maybe we don't have access to the luxury fabrics, but we have access to the luxury culture. Mm. And that's what we're worried about. Mm. Where did that confidence come from, bro? Hey, bro, I don't even... Where was it fueled from, like... I think I think I think it's from having so many doors closed on you. There's so many parties we didn't we wanted to go to and I was like, nah, not you guys. You're not cool enough yet. And I think in Joburg you feel it. Like in Joburg people will make you feel it with nah. Like I feel you're not rich enough. Mm. Like nah. You know what I mean? And I think having those doors closed on you fuels that energy and it was just like oh nah we're really passionate about this thing we really want people to see this thing we really want people to enjoy this thing we really want to have a conversation with people about this thing so please allow us in so we can have this conversation because this conversation matters Mm. and i think it came from that point it's like we want to learn and we want to learn up until a point until we can teach Mm. there was so much there was so much I, th- I felt like I was robbed from not being in certain spaces. So much I could have given that when I did get in, I did get, but there was so much more I could contribute. So, like, I think that's where it came from. And, yeah, like, even now, like, even now, like, maybe 10 years having been doing it, there's things now I do to myself to remind myself, which actually, dog, you actually haven't done as much as you think you have, you, there's still so much more that you need to give. Mm. There's still so much more that you need to do. And I guess that's, wh- that's, that's, it's fueled by my intention and my purpose of wanting to do so much and wanting to give so much. And I think we've always just carried that passion and that love to just do so much more. Beautiful. So now the Sartis is a, a tangible thing. It's f- like you guys have created a platform where it's va- your perspective is valued and um, you've broken so many doors that were previously shut down upon. Um, the confidence is, is, is risen now and like the campaign's also becoming a much more prominent thing and uh, it's an ecosystem, it's, it's a solidified thing. How was that first international trip outside of South Africa? Take me through the feeling and the conversation you're having with Abazali. Hey, like it was... I don't think it felt real. Mm. I don't think it felt real. It was like we'd shot the sports series uh, in 20, yeah, 20, 2014. I'm right. 2014 with Mante, Debuche, KK, Rebane. And then we'd shot another one, which was, so the sports series was the first leg was the tennis series. Mm. And then the second leg was the football series. And then we had in 2014, we'd shot this work. And then in 2015, we met several people, um, and there was like a, a show. Like I think it was like at Lagos Photo Festival, and they were like, "Yo, we want to show this work at Lagos Photo Festival," and we just couldn't go. And then they were like, "This is going to be a travel exhibition. It's going to go to uh, Brighton Museum. Can you guys give us?" Um, For those who don't know, um, tell people what a bright 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 what is Brighton Museum. Brighton Brighton Museum um, is 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 a museum in inner city in Brighton 
um, in the UK, just outside of the like outside of London. I think it was like an hour train or two hour train um, outside of London, and it's a museum at the time that focused on um, an exhibition called Fashion Cities Africa. So the work that they do champions archiving um, and fashion conversations happening throughout the world, but at the time specifically in the on the continent of Africa. So it's a museum that does that kind of work and really prides themselves in finding new voices and new talents around the globe. And they were f- they found us through this traveling exhibition, um, Fashion Cities Africa, and they were like, "Yo, we want you guys to be." We want you guys to come to Brighton and give a talk about your experience in fashion, about your experience in culture, and all these things. And we worked in collaboration with the British Council in terms of funding, the admin, um, the admin part of like I guess like getting a flight, getting visas approved, mm. knowing good Salagupi, which are all conversations you have to have with your parents, with your ma Nyahamba, how do I even explain to my mom that I'm in this exhibition because of thrifted clothes? Mm. You know what I mean? She doesn't even want me to thrift anymore because it's like, I, we're good now. Mm. Or not that we're good, we're better off. I can buy you these clothes from mm. the store now. But I'm like, Ma, you don't need to do that because you buying them secondhand is actually good enough because that's gotten me to where I am. Wow. You know what I mean? So it was that kind of conversation. And it was our first international trip, all four of us. Like Xavier, and I guess that's also the spirit of brotherhood because Xavier wasn't there when we shot um, the sports series, mm. both legs. He wasn't actually there. But because we believe in brotherhood and he had helped on the journey of getting the success, the artist to be successful enough to even get to a Brighton, we're like, dogs, what do you mean? So it was our first trip and we, li- we arrived in London um, had a great time, went to Brighton. And I think only on the train to Brighton did it hit. Like I think it like it was it was a point where like we looked outside the window and we could see one of the national um monuments. Wonders of the world. It mm. was like the what are those rocks, man? Oh my God, I'm forgetting. Um oh my goodness. I'll remember later. Mm. Um and we saw that and it was like, oh damn, we traveled. Mm. You know what I mean? Arriving in Brighton and seeing the installation, our photos printed, wow. seeing like academics, um, professors come out for our talk, like and it was like eighty people coming out to watch. I think at the time, what were we like? Whatever, twenty two, have this talk panel discussion, get asked questions about the African identity. What does it mean to exist in Africa as a fashion designer? What does it mean to be? In this sort of space, what are these? Co- what is, what does a conversation of col- coloniality look like, and what does it mean to you? How does that influence your work? Why does archiving matter? And all these conversations, which were relatively new to us, but we had prepared ourselves because we were generally inquisitive and curious about what we were doing. Like, why are we doing this thing? Why does colonization inform a huge part of our work? Mm. What is? What was it about the stolen? the stolen lives that we're living mm. that our parents can't couldn't live that matters to what we want to do. And I told you this thing about like, and this is, is a concept that was introduced to me by my friend, Swaz, this idea of living stolen, stolen lives. lives. Can you elaborate on that stolen lives? Amen. Not at li- 
Kale, please elaborate. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, as, as I said to you earlier, it's like it just feels like for black people, for POC people, like it feels like we're living stolen lives because we've been robbed of so much that we, we're fighting to get um, that our parents can't even begin to fathom. They can't even fight anymore. And they can't even understand, sometimes, sometimes, they can't even understand the levels that we have to go through in terms of trying to recontextualize what apartheid and colonization did to them and how that affects us. So it's like you, 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 you know, like a simple example is this idea of the archive. I remember when my dad was still alive and I asked him about these, like this, these photos. Do we have photos of Mkulu? and what they used to dress like and he was like Ish. what apartheid did that really was a great victory of a, for apartheid was that they would come into black homes burn photo journals so that there wasn't mm. any physical evidence that could remind the future generation of what their ancestors looked like so you don't have this archive because it's been stolen now I'm trying to recreate this archive for my kids to have access to and in that, I'm living a stolen life by trying to recreate it. Mm. Because I equal. You know mm. what I mean? So we live these stolen lives that feel the need to, to add on to something that has been stolen from us. And it's painful. Mm. Um, but it is what it is, and we got to keep moving. And I think for us, that was like a, or for me specifically, that was an important understanding that, oh, okay, I'm going to use this thing and I'm going to make it positive. That we don't have these archives. I have to create the archive. And in so doing, I'm going to create this archive and I'm going to celebrate it because you're not, you're not about to steal more from me. You've stolen, mm. you've stolen enough. Yeah. Very, very well put, my brother. Um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit um, to 2018 um, where the turning point of you wanting to start WL Wanderly Porto um, started. Um, what is it? Was it intentional to name it after the individual? Understand that your mom is Sutu and your dad is Zulu. Did their ethnicity and their upbringing influence the identity of the brand? And what informed the perspective of what WL is today? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um. I think starting WL was, I wouldn't say I was intentional because I was very afraid. Mm. And I remember like Celeste and self, like Celeste from Selfie and Xavier being like, yo boy, you're making these samples for yourself. Why don't you start making samples for the public? I love how you just open <laughs> <laughs> the beer with the teeth. We real up here. We real. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so there's a lot of fear. Um, Ukabela, who is initially with me on the journey, was like, hey, Charlie, we need to do this thing. I don't know how. And I know even for him, he, he wanted to start something um, that was going to pay tribute to his late dad who had passed on a few years prior. Um, and we were very afraid, the both of us, just having conversations about our respective wants, me starting my own thing and him starting his own thing. Because we had also done the Sartis, which was to some degrees quite successful in the way that we wanted it. 
So that fear also of bre- of not breaking up, but just drifting apart as friends and pursuing isolated things was also like very terrifying because it's like hey, the advertising money and the influencer money and all this thing is kind of nice, but in order for me now to be an entrepreneur and try to start my own business, hey, entrepreneurs are struggling. But anyways, we did it. I did it. Um, it wasn't formed by my mom. It wasn't formed by my dad. Um, and like, and just as an example, it was informed by my friends, was informed by my city, was informed by this country because the pillars I, I at the time, 2018, when I started WL, I was like, I got to build this thing on pillars that mean something to me. And one of the pillars, like just as, a, as an example, some of the pillars was like cultural, cultural pr- plurality and plurality of culture being insane. I'm from Itchosi. There's so many cultures. What is the plurality of all these cultures coming into one place and having one conversation look like? So it's the coming together of different conversations, different people, different communities into one space to create new dialogues for new identity and proposing proposing new identities, languages to take us into the future. You know what I mean? And then the second one, just like a simple like being spirituality, like my mom being a Christian goer, my dad not necessarily being inclined to the church at all, but my mom like being a church goer and specifically Christianity. I was like, okay. My dad, Umzulu, believes in A, B, and C. Is Usigo Amalozi. My mom also believes in Amalozi, but with a bit more spirituality. What does that look like for me? But also what does it look like for South Africa and the rest of the continent? as a people that have been colonized? Like what journey has, or what participation has the church played in infiltrating our spirituality? Spirituality to, to me being the intangible things of life that you really can't pinpoint, but you know that it's there. You know that it matters. You know that you feel it. How can we translate that conversation into clothes so people can also feel it? That yo, mankoge, I feel a certain part of my people walk with me when I enter the room. Mm. How can you create clothes that can make you feel like mm. that was what I wanted to create. Mm. Travel and collaboration, but traveling to different places to meet different people to inform different propositions for design, different propositions for identity, different propositions for representation. You know what I mean? Like coming to Cape Town, they're going to eat efficient chips. I'm mm. seeing this font, efficient chips. Mm. I'm meeting this guy. He's telling me his story about how he started this business, efficient chips. How can that inform the design qualities and values and ethics we carry in the brand and the business to inform how we trade with people, how we see people, how we value people, how we use people in our campaigns and tell their story. Mm. You know what I mean? Inclusion diversity and in fashion i get it like in fashion it's like oh yeah yeah we we costed skinny uh skinny model uh medium weight model um maximum quote unquote weight model we costed different skin tones but what is the what does that say about people's stories people's Mm. lived journeys see me beyond my skin type see me beyond my body weight what does it mean for my story and that's what I believe in. It's like I, I cast on story, not on skin type, not on weight. That's not the basis for what our people are. We are beyond what we look like. 
Mm. And that's a value. Like, how can I design for people's stories and not just for what people look like? It's a big consideration, but it's not the core consideration. My consideration has to do with when, as a person, where you come from. How can I design for you to feel represented in fashion when global fashion is not having a conversation that's directed to you? Mm. So when I started the brand, that's all the things I was considering. And it's still things that I speak about now, but it just takes time to build on, um, you know? You need support, not just me, like the rest of the South African designers, big and small. Different kinds of support that mean different kinds of things for our businesses, but that also mean different kinds of things for the industry that we're in. And that, and we've been having this conversation um, the whole, like the last three days. But what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is what we're doing right now. So that's the inception of WL. Yes, the inception and of WL, yeah. And a lot of people don't know that, um, well, people do know that you didn't finish fashion school and it necessarily didn't come out of a place of you being reluctant to studying and learning. It's just that you've, you can you can complete me complete the sentiments after me, but like you came to a place where I mean, like you you would have felt that like your contribution outside of this fashion school thing was outweighing you going through academic merits. Yeah. And at the time, you were um, you were you were in school with like so many big examples like Rich Mnesi, Tebe Makuku, and yourself because you were super superhero to your peers too at the time, doing what you're doing. And in doing so, um, do you encourage a fashion story start to go through the academic route, or like you mentioned, is it then is it then not safe to say that like that individual can just I don't know attach themselves to the story and build from there? Yeah, I will say this. Um, so when I, when I was in school, right, like Tebe was a year ahead of me, and I think Rich was even ahead of him something like that if i remember correctly homies will correct me if i'm wrong um and watching them move in varsity was super inspiring and seeing their success right now you could tell back then like i i would do interviews in 2015 like id magazine i think or was it days like who are your favorite designers and i remember at the time i was like Tom Brown and Tim Makuku and the lady from Days asked, I was like, who's Tim Makuku? I was like, ah, you find out. Wow. You know what I mean? Because you could tell from school. You could, nah. Like, boy genius, he got it. Same with mm. Rich, you know what I mean? Same with Lucano, you know what I mean? Like, the journeys were, were, were there. Mm. And for me, it was a bit different because I guess, like, I had, like, the sartist, I had the artist, which was in um, advertising space, brand, strategy, consultation space um so it was different for me because i always had that and i was making money mm -hmm. and as i as i explained to you i was like in Joburg, that's a it's a hard space because when you when you make that money and get that shine you sometimes neglect the fact that i'm making this money in advertising right now do i really need to finish because mm. i'm struggling here at school mm. these fees excuse me these fees are hectic I can't afford it. My parents can't afford it. I'm making some money and I'm able to give some of this money to my parents. Do I actually need to finish school? Mm. So for me, I did drop out and it was on the basis that for me, school was super hard and the fact that the fees were super hard. The, like, 
and 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 it's it's more treatments that I guess to some degree can be pocket watching where your lecturer says to you, ah, but Wanda, you want you were the face of the Adidas campaign just two weeks ago. What do you mean you can't pay your school fees? And that was hard, you know what I mean? And you're saying this to my to the rest of the the students in the class who look at me like, yo, you already you you already are in this industry. You have your foot in this industry. Actually, why can't you pay your school fees when you were just the face of the Adidas campaign? What do you mean? So there was those challenges, like going to school, I have to sneak in with Tevez student card. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm on the face of the Adidas campaign. And you don't know how much I got paid and how much of that money I had to give to my parents in any case. Mm. So to answer your question, I think there is a lot of merit in going to school because... I dropped out in my third year. If I could, I'd go back to finish, and maybe I will someday. Um, there is merit, but it also lies on you to choose what you want to do with your life. Um, if you take school seriously, there's a lot to learn, but there's also a lot to learn if you trust yourself, you trust the process, you're very passionate about it, and you figure it out without maybe the, the, like the varsity route you know which is which in some way i still had to do i still had to figure a lot of things out like reach out to a lot of people like yo ricky i heard you had a show you have a show this friday i want to dress you i have Mm -hmm. new t-shirts dropping i want to give you a tea please wear it at your thing those are things you have to figure out Mm. by yourself in any way so i encourage any journey you know i encourage any journey that that is good for you that is good for your pocket that is good for your parents and your support system. But I at the end of the day, Pumagua, you know, even, even even myself, like at the end of the day, I have to be lucky enough to get the brick break to to really make it mm-hmm. and define success for myself because maybe success is the money, but maybe it's not the money, it's the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't know. We do know. <laughs> it's in the hearts and ah, we're following yeah, it. Bless. You know what I mean? Um Yo, it's SA Fashion Week, first runway, WL, the introduction to the world. Well, at least at the time, that was the feeling. Take me to the conversations with yourself then, because now it's becoming tangible. It's stressful, but it's becoming tangible, because now the idea, you saw it through, you know? Um, the showcase included like a diverse like, number of people on the runway, I think it's by far one of my favorite WL like offerings because of like what it meant at the time yeah. and the value it carried. Um, never have we seen before rappers walk the runway like we've seen there. Uh, never have we seen before such a well-considered cast or type of model walk the runway. It felt very progressive, becoming of new, a change of a chapter. Take me through that period. Oh. Uh, shout out to David West, um, I believe. I don't know if he's still a creative director at Superbulous, but shout out to David West who found me on Instagram and was like, yo, man, I've seen your samples. I saw you shot something. I'm creative director of Woolworths right now, and I want you to show Runway. And then from there, it takes a community. Like, yeah, it takes a community. It's like asking for favors, like, yo, Fran, I need you to walk. Yo, Ricky, 
I need you to walk. You know what I mean? It takes me and Cabello going to do samples in town and 11 a.m. coming, I mean, 11 p.m. at night coming out the car, I mean, coming out the building to the car. God, I started because of Sebastian Sebastian Jolie We can't even get home with these samples because yeah. So it takes Gabriel just being like, yo, bro, it's my car. I don't know how we're going to do this. We need a battery just to get home. So shout out to that, to that yeah. idea of even through the pressure, you have friends that are there to be like, ah, Get out, let's go. You know what I mean? It takes people messaging you the whole day before you showcase to be like, dog, we don't have tickets, but we're going to pull up. So if we don't see the show, we're going to still see you at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what that's the thing I love about the city of Joburg. It's like people going to show up. Whether they think it's banalo or banalo, they will show up and they will scream. So when Ricky came out, I was like, ooh. You know what I mean? And shout out! It takes a Ricky to, be, to it takes a Ricky to believe in the youth, not just myself, all of us to be like, "Yo, boys, I got you." If we need to make noise, I got you. I'll be the first one to shout. Mm. You know what I mean? It takes Terry Rich to be like, "Yo, Wanda, this is your first one. You go last. Mm. This is not about us. This is about you right now. You go last." the selflessness of other designers, your peers, to some degree, even your competition saying, boy, you got this, you go last. Mm. So it takes a community, so many conversations, so many hand-holding, mm. so many reaffirming moments to be like, nah, you got this. And that's why even now there's so much love amongst us because in all those moments we share in the painful nature of our individual stories there's so many moments of hugging mm. of holding of crying to be like yo i know what it took i saw you backstage crying i mm. know what this meant to you and your mom so you hold a tebe and a rich super tight because you know what it means mm. that's what it takes mm. everything else for social media i that one is for the likes mm. as we were we already got what we needed behind the scenes yeah that is beautiful man um and speaking to that feeling, that sensitivity, that sincerity uh, amongst you and your loved ones is a, is a very important thing to note that um, the people that we care about fuels the drive, you know, in seeing the ideas through. And it's not always, it's not always that we're fortunate that we have such a, a solid support structure that sometimes reassures you in walking the respective path that was chosen for you by a higher power. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to segue into something else, but also speaks for that sincerity. I think one of like my memorable offerings that you put out or was a part of is the anniversary vibe with Kaiser Chiefs, where your dad was in it. Um, Take me through what that project meant for you and the feeling that it carried because dad may have not seen his football dreams through, but here is his son who is this encompass of so many different things but is made 
and 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 groomed by the teachings that he bestowed upon you what did that project mean for you as a son and what did it mean for your relationship with your dad hey you know like i remember like i was always a kazakh supporter same as my dad and my dad telling me he's like yo man i was young when i went to the first kazakh chiefs game i'm like what do you mean the first kazakh chiefs game he's like dog i was there he's like whatever 10 11 years old he was at the first kazakh chiefs game he wanted to play for the team and all of that so me having consulted and worked with nike several projects off white casta semenya all these other projects whatever when the 50th anniversary came and when i was asked to be creative director for it i was like ooh i can't wait to go home and tell my pops that this is what i'm going to be doing and then i tell him and he's super excited and then go back into the office the following day and it's like um we need to cast a football fan and i'm like i know a football fan it's my dad and it's like yeah but why your dad why can't we get a famous dad and it's like nah we don't need a famous celebrity dad we need my dad because my dad is the face of football supporters throughout the country not because he himself is like the greatest football fan or but he represents so many football fathers football households where people generally love football generally love kaiser chiefs and generally love their families and use used the teams kaiser chiefs as a way to unite the family he represented to me what so many fathers throughout this country are and i was like my dad for me makes so much sense because this campaign this football team is built on community so it was about family it was about friendship it was about seeing through your journey seeing through um passion the love for the sport the love for the team um you know all these the, the glamour boys what mm. is what is glamour mm. you know what i mean so to me glamour is the sorts but to me glamour is my dad and that that lineage of men or specifically south african men that dress a certain way mm. that present themselves in a certain way that love a certain way romance ukushitha kazelo zampi fonga zokhuluma nawe You know what I mean? That's glamour to me. Mm. And my dad represents that. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Can I get five minutes of your time? That's the glamour boys. Mm. And that's what that campaign meant. That's what it was supposed to mean. So, we were, so to be able to cast my dad and, and actually even be in the photo with him mm. and for, for, for that photo to be 50th anniversary for family not just my family families of south africa that look like us that have the story like us of unity and pride of joy that's what it was and it was super special um you know as someone who had aspirations of playing football and couldn't because of injuries and all that all that stuff for him to be on that campaign for him was super personal because he'd supported the team from day one and he was still there 50 years later mm. you know what i mean and then for me to even do the campaign with him a few years before a few years before he he passed it was like i want to i want to do for my dad what my dad has done for me and what he did for me was to support me in every single 
we used to say like my dad was the fifth member of the Sartist. Wow. Because he was there during our first shoots as well. The same wow. way he was there for Kaiser Chief's first day. He was taking us to the shoots, picking us up, Mustagiwa from the early activation. And he's not crying. Ah, he's laughing at us. He was there carrying the equipment. He was there advising. So we always used to joke and say he was a fifth part of the artist. And that's why when we say for family, it wasn't just me and him being family. It was also the Sartas being family. The community of Jobik being family. Football supporters being family. Mm. Being at the stadium together for 50 years. Mm. Being family. And that's what culture is for us. Mm. It extends even outside. And that's what that campaign meant. And that's what my work hopefully will, will represent. That we're family. Mm. And we're bound to each other by the love that connects us. What is WL's responsibility to the African content and its youth? It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. In the same way, it also is an easy one to answer. I'm here. I want to say it in a, in, in a way that gives perspective to a bigger understanding. So it's like, ah, fuck, I don't even know if I can say this. But it's like, we have Mauzo Twasa, right? Mauzo Twasa, examples of where you go for a consultation. In dreams. For me, I think WL is a way or one of the ways that we can use to connect to the spirituality of where we come from. Using WL as a tool for that connection. So I want us to, I want to use WL as a vessel to reflect the people that have come before us that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. So and that's the thing I was, I was saying earlier, for, for you to be able to connect to Izlozilako and feel where you come from through lineage, legacy. Mm. That's what WL is. It, it's it's something that pays tri- tribute to lineage and legacy, mm. future legacy, and past lineage. That's one of the ways that I use WL. WL is here to give back to the community in a way that maybe fashion and entrepreneurship doesn't give acknowledgement to mm. to the style tribes that mean so much to us. Mm. That's WL because that's culture. That's who we are. Mm. That's us celebrating who we are. I'm a pantula. I'm a shama flate at Bolin. You ask them, good bang a shama flate because you don't get it. Mm. That's culture. That's what WL is. Mm. It's a reflection of the cultures that we built that we don't always celebrate mm. because we westernize in a way that we begin to laugh at at the same time. Why would men live in a men's hostel that are expensive? That's culture. Mm. There's a reason why babies are swanker. You know what I mean? Mm. When the Sartes come out wearing all Stussy in Bramfontein in 2015, 2016, 
And it's like, what is this Stussy brand when there's whatever, when there's Gucci? Mm. That's culture because that means something to us. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's WL is a representation of the cultures we build, not just in South Africa, on the continent in this world that we don't always acknowledge, that we don't always celebrate. Mm. WL pays homage and celebrates those things. Mm. WL is... Our work is rooted in research. It's it's a research platform mm. that's there to teach, that's there to educate, that's also there to learn that, yo, there are cultures beyond just the continent that look like us, that want to connect with us. That's the relationship we have with the U.S. and homies in Haiti through Ouija and the Brooklyn Circus. I was like, yo, man, we have so many similarities in our culture. Let's connect. Let's build something. That's the global village, the 100-year plan by Ouija Theodore that informs that we are we are a connected people that were just separated by colonization. Mm. But we have similar stories to tell just through different elements and outlooks. Mm. And all of that is paying it forward and pulling it back. It's mm. like, yo, the ones behind me, come on. Mm. And we're just passing the baton forward. Like, yo, okay, shapa, something again. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what WL is. And so for me... It is to give back in my own way, to inspire, to be inspired, to teach, to learn, to connect, and to stay true to the core of who we are mm. without feeling too embarrassed. I remember, I remember, I gotta say this, I remember uh, the late Santumufu Gang, a photographer whose work I loved dearly, and I met him, and he was like, Wanda, we have to stop being embarrassed by the things that embarrass us. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you can't pay your school fees. You hear, you hear with people that can pay their school fees that come from more privileged backgrounds. So why are you embarrassed? Because you're in the same room with these guys. Use your story and stop being embarrassed by it. And when you stop being embarrassed by your story, you start to celebrate it and you start to acknowledge it and you start to give it power mm. in a way that can allow other people to give the things that they're embarrassed by power mm. to transform conversations mm. and create new dialogues that create a space where we're free to become who we are. Mm. You're not embarrassed because you're like, ah, who under gets this thing? Mm. So why why am I embarrassed? Like my teeth, I will sort that one with the dentist. Mm. You know what I mean? And that for us is culture because I get you. I'm mm. like, ah shit a small thing like that, I'm like, no, Omchita is real. He's mm. real with me. Mm. We don't have a bottle opener right now, so mm. he's got it. Mm. And those are the honest conversations we need to be having about who we are as a people to move forward, I think. So, I'm going Instagram, I'm I mean the plane in the motion, you know. <laughs> Swag is too delicious, you know, fits us on us. But this one was like this one, the Paris show. This one was a monumental a monumental reminder that okay, we are on the right path. When we saw you go to Milan and have your show there, uh I mean, like, I, I, I equate that moment to, how do I phrase this? I feel like our generation of creatives in South Africa 
is the new Sarafina generation to travel the world. And I say that to say you're the first person in your family to go out and travel all these different countries in doing what you love and using your calling as your export. That was the Sarafina generation through music, through dance, through live performance and the 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 overall conversation of being youth and fighting for what they believe in and making the talent the forefront. How was that Milan experience, my brother? Um, I uh, Take us through that, man. I appreciate your words, my brother. I really, I truly, and I truly do. And it's not just your words, it's words I've received from other people as well. Um, Milan was great, but it was also a great reminder of how far I've come and how far I still need to go and that it's not always it's not as it seems you know like I I, I and I'll be honest in this moment then I'll say like Milan was great I learned a lot but sometimes it's business you're talking to people that don't speak English that don't maybe necessarily care to speak it um you're talking to an audience that doesn't necessarily know you. You're talking to people that also necessarily don't care for you. Like that. Um, you're trying to have this conversation with a global audience to, to try see you, and they might not. And those were all the challenging things, like trying to cast black models in a city that doesn't have black models. Wow. Um, and that couldn't even get, like that, I couldn't even do that because of a language barrier, because of people's intentions at the end of the day. Wow. People are there for business. And you're mm. reminded quickly with your fashion is a business thing. Mm. As much as it's a creative outlet and expression, it's a business. And we're here for the business. Yeah. If we can't cast black models, we're still going to cast the people that we need and we're still going to charge you for it. Yeah. And it's also reminded, it also reminded me of trying to do things at a slower pace and waiting your turn. It's like I, maybe it's chachining in Milan. Mm. Maybe with Malaysia Josie, where would have where would have gotten the love, because people love us back home. Mm. Here, you're just a number. It's not to say you don't matter, because you can matter. But maybe in my journey, it was a little too rushed. Mm. And but in the same way, there were successes that came from Milan. That also were a different experience. Mm. You know what I mean? Like a different experience. Like there's a lot of people here. People are eating caviar. Guys, I'm eating caviar. I'm eating Milan. The caviar, my boy. Anxiety level. The caviar level. Yo. For the first time, Milan at my own show. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yes. But at the same time, that's aspiration. Mm. You know, you're trying to break barriers. You're trying to break boundaries. Mm. You're trying to do things that haven't been done. You're trying to get into spaces you haven't gotten to, to grow the business, to grow um, visibility, to grow your creative outlet, to get access to doors and opportunities you've never had access to. Wow. So at the same time, I appreciate it. Mm. So in the same way, I say with yo, what are we doing? Silly caviar, Lana, but we haven't even eaten it at home. Mm. At the same way, I give myself grace. Be like, yo, you know what? 
we still did it. Mm. It might not have been perfect. It taught us a lot. It taught us to also be precious about home because mm. it's a special place. I get why people love home. Mm. It's like, yo, this is a spit. And bro, it's special. Mm. Joburg, Cape Town, this mm. country is special. It's a feeling you won't get anywhere in the world. And that's why they come here for their holiday. On their break off season, mm. they need to rest. They come here mm. and they come to our cultures because there's culture in a different way. Mm. And our culture is built on people. It's built on communities. It's built on loving each other. Mm. It's built on sharing. That's why Ubuntu can be used as the advertising catchphrase and it loses its essence. But what it means is actually quite deep. Because mm. when you go there, there's no Abu Kubuntu. Mm. It's business. Mm. And you feel it. It is business. It's a transaction. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not looking at you as a person. I'm looking at you as a customer that's, me that's here to leave their money. And I'm trading with you. Mm. And it's very little pockets where you get people that genuinely care. Mm. And it's to build those communities and those places where you start to have this thing I'm talking about, that plurality of, of communities and mm, culture. Mm. What, is, what can a South African go to Paris and do with a brother from Haiti, mm. with brothers from Congo, with brothers from Kenya? Mm. We're doing it in Paris. Mm. And how can we build with the Parisian community to have a conversation? Mm. You know, so it was all those things that I think sometimes maybe on, on social media, I can sum that up in one photo. My whole experience, I'll only post one photo, and let's say it's the photo of me walking down the runway. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily reflect the truth of what I experienced. Wow. So we attach to the end result. Yeah, so the end result is one that had a great show. The Instagram stories, they boom in. Mara, you experienced Sami? Maybe didn't reflect that. Mm. You know what I mean? So so, so I will say, like, shout out to our partners, Bulldog Jen, shout out to Yoko, mm. shout out to my team, Darlington Aura, Andrew Berry, um, the models that helped us shoot the campaign, Gaze. Um, Anke Lewis, who shot the, who shot it, stylists, Lebuhang Ramfate, Litabo, Aura again. Shout out to everyone that played played a journey in all of it. Um, to the to the faces, man, of of WL, hey, the models, man. If they need your bro, if please pour your heart bro. towards those faces, bro. Yaktela boy. Shout out, to, shout out to all those homies. Yo, the campaign was, I mean, it was gays and gays is. Who is gazing? Who is watching us watch ourselves do this thing? You know what I mean? Mm. And it's a it's 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 a it's a question in questioning that. It's like okay, also in the things that we're doing, what are we doing them for? What are we doing? Mm. It always comes back to what are we doing? What are we doing? Mm. And and like I'll 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 sum this up by saying. There's a beautiful, and I, I'm paraphrasing, there's a beautiful thing I read this morning on the business of fashion on Tebemakuku. I think the article was called Tebemakuku um, focuses, I'm paraphrasing, um, wants to focus on a local consumer, a local customer. Tebemakuku prioritizes a local customer. And basically the article was talking about how, especially for Tebe, who I consider, who I consider a leader, my leader, um, saying he wants to prioritize a local customer and if it takes him X amount of years 
to reach wherever he's supposed to get. It doesn't matter because he wants to start here at home. Mm. And I was like, yo, that's beautiful because home. Mm. We got it good. Not not all the way through. Mm. And we can do so much. And I was so happy to, like I'm really paraphrasing here. I wish I could like read the full mm. article. Mm. But like, I was so happy to hear him say that for a global audience um, or to a global audience watching him um, and I was and was reaffirming to me to be like, dog, you're actually not wrong for going to Milan, going to Paris and feeling like, hey man, maybe I'm right, maybe right. Mm. Maybe we don't have access to the stores, the global opportunities, mm. but maybe in terms of dialogue, culture, mm. we're so, maybe we're right. Good right. And yeah. that's how it reaffirmed me and my dreams. Mm. And that's why I mean, it's like, I, c- I encourage everyone to travel and define success for themselves. Mm. But I also, with those same words, I encourage everyone to not shit on this place and make us feel small and make us feel invaluable mm. when we are so valuable. Mm. It's grand. Mm. When you go, I can speak eight languages. They look at you like, what do you mean? Yeah. Because they can speak one, maybe one, two. two. And even two is impressive for them. Yeah. I can speak eight. Yeah. Yo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Grand. Yeah. Yeah. Grand in terms of just connecting people, people, connecting cultures, connecting communities. For sure. Um, that's beautiful, man. Um, the biggest, I mean, if you've listened this far, <laughs> I think like you all understand how how I'm going to phrase this next question is that like um firstly your positioning was sort of like in this um ad sort of like landscape um consulting um corporate vibe and then you pivoted into uh making the main thing the main thing which was fashion which was WWL and now you found yourself, uh, you're still consulting, but in a way more um, academic, um, education-based, um, archival-based, um, history-knowing-based perspective, which is your relationship with these like international museums, um, these talks that you have all around these global platforms, sharing the African experience, sharing the South African experience. Um, what's that... What's that like third pivot being like, bro, of you being in the space now that you find yourself in? Um, it's, it's very humbling um, for me specifically. It's very humbling, but it's also very enlightening because I know like for myself, for Cabello, the artist, we were in museums, galleries around the world from a very young age, like... Mm showcased at MoMA Ooh. 2016 uh, excuse me actually 2017 Tropen Museum 2017 that's in that's in Amsterdam um, Brighton Museum 2016 um, Lagos Photo Ves- Festival 2015 um, all these museums you know what I mean yes yes um, so being a consultant like I started lecturing mm. pers- on a personal capacity. Like gave talks at Central Saint Martins during the pandemic. Mm. Gave was guest speaker at Royal College of the Arts 
London College of Fashion, Central St. Martins, and being in an ac- academic space and having, like, and then being asked, like, yo, man, like, can you come teach our students? And I was like, what do you mean? I didn't even graduate. And they're like, mm-hmm. nah, that don't matter. What you have to say, what you have to, what you have to contribute is beyond you graduating. Mm-hmm. Being, doing research work, doing research work um, for museums, um, having having a voice and perspective to how curators should curate African exhibitions outside of Africa, and just having consulting on that is is super humbling, is but it's super special, mm. you know. And I I don't take it for granted. Mm. Um, and even in advertising, being able to express my idea for a campaign, mm. you know what I mean, like being the creative director. F- for Africa, mm. Africa's first Jordan collaboration for Nike for Shelf Life. Mm. And these are my homies. And they're like, Wanda, we trust you enough. And these are people I look up to, looking mm. up to me, like, yo, bro, like, we trust you enough to handle this thing. You got this. Mm. The first Jordan collaboration with Shelf Life in Africa, we trust your vision. The same way being the creative director for Levi's 501 150th anniversary for the continent. It's like, we're only going to do South Africa. We can't afford to do the rest of the continent. Wow. Give us your perspective of what this thing should look like. I don't always agree with how things get ex- executed. executed. Um, but I get it because people have their own um, bosses to report to. The exactly. same way I have mine to report mm. to. Um, specifically, sometimes I feel like for the continent of Africa, Bazoti. Um, Ish, and this is a bit personal, and I'm going to say it anyway, because what the hell. Um, it'll be like, globally, all the countries shoot in studio. But Tina, and as, as Africans, man, shoot a strategy. Why? Mm. What are we doing? Mm. Why can't we have our perspective for how a studio shoot looks like as well? Mm. You know what I mean? But being able to voice that out, also matters just mm. so people know because i don't agree with this i'll mm. still follow the brief mm. but i don't agree with it because mm. why are you isolating us mm. putting us in a box you know um so it's okay man it's okay and that's what i mean like sometimes like it's super humbling the process is super humbling but it's also super enlightening because i learn as a creative as a business um, as an entrepreneur i'm learning and i'm like okay you know what there's certain things you just have to take well, as good side. You tried your best. And there's certain things you have to fight for to know that we deserve the best. Um, so it's it, it can be intimidating, can be frightening. Like tomorrow I give a talk. Um, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, people probably, I don't know if they'll have access to the talk, but I gave a talk at the v Because I was wondering. Museum yeah. in the UK. Wow. And even that is frightening because it's like, Mm. I don't even know what things are team if I'm honest right now. But I take pride in knowing that I will be in the room. I will be representing a certain people demographic. I will be representing people that support me. And I got to take it with pride. I got to take it with responsibility and know that I just got to speak with my truth, uh, my journey, and be honest of the things that I've experienced. I know that, that there's pride in that. There's joy in that. Um, and I just got to do it truthfully as best as I can. And that comes with responsibility that sometimes feels like it's too much. Like, I, 
angas. But at the same time, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm, I fought for it enough to know good say, dog, I got it. The same way even just t- chatting with you, it's like, dog, it's not easy. I know even for you, like having the podcast, being a filmmaker, trying to do so many things, connecting people. Connecting people is not easy because sometimes mm. people come with so much. I'm mm. from Joburg. Mm. And then I connect with you and you're like, yo, no wonder we're seeing that dog. Like, mm. yo, thank you. You know what I mean? Mm. And loving people is not easy. Mm. Same way, because you extend your love and you don't always receive it in the same way. Mm. Connecting people's stories, you get to mm. connect and hear with ish. This guy's life is actually not as nice as I thought it was. Mm. And you get to see so much. And sometimes mm. you, you, you live with that pain mm. or you live with that thing knowing it's, oh, okay, sharp. But it's the, it's, it's the, it's the, beautiful part of still just connecting and connecting these cultures and connecting people, connecting these communities and doing something special. Amazing, man. How, how does Wanda give love, man? And what does love mean for Wanda? Hey. Outside of this, outside of this um, light that you shine out there to the world, I'm speaking to Wanda, the individual. For me, man, I, I love people. I actually have a... Sh- I don't know if I should even say it, but whatever. Um, I have a brand called People by Wanda Leporto. It's not out. Yeah, I think it's just on Instagram. If you search Shampi Corner, like mm. I think it's part whatever. But it's People by Wanda Leporto because I love people and I love communities and I love culture. And I show by my love, I think, by just making time. Making time for people, like making time for people that don't know me, that stop me at parties to be like, yo, we love your work. And I make time. I connect with them and some like to some th- like points I was like I end up knowing the people's parents like yo time I like and that's just me because I care for people I love people I love to celebrate people I love to support them as best as I can mm. um, I only have this lifetime to show this love to you at hundred dog you know what mm. I mean and in this lifetime I gotta make it count mm. but nah that's my guy I got him and if we don't see eye to eye it's either Sizolo we also believe in fighting, and we squash it and we move on. You know what I mean? And that's how I show love. It's the maximum amount of emotional connection I can give to you in that moment. And then when I'm gone, you n- I don't want you to stay n- feeling not sure. Say, mm, does this guy even like me? Mm. Ah, I don't know. I don't know if you fuck with me like that. I don't want that. I want you to know and be certain that you're... And that's why when I hug, I hug so passionately because it's like, dog, I want you to know. Because mm. maybe sometimes I won't say it in my words, mm. but as long as it feels real, you know? So mm. it's in little ways, if I can if I can buy an item, if I can comment, if I can share a story, mm. I'll do it. Like, because I know it's not easy for us. And beyond just the easy part of it, it just needs to matter. It mm. just needs, I just want it to matter. And mm. I want people to know that they matter to me and that's how i show my love i do like a lot of sending shit out to homies like whatever my opinions on people's work my um thoughts on things people do um and i open myself up in the same way and that's me like showing my love i went and i came I saw Ish's Keeper Sock was not the best quality. Here's my contact. Mm. Hit up this guy. He's a bit expensive than the one that you're using. I used that guy before. 
and mm. my excuse so 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 here's my guy it's a little bit expensive so maybe save a little bit more and just afford a better person mm. and then isn't those because of a grand you know what i mean like that's how i show my love mm. so it might not always be in, in the financial aspect or whatever but the little that i can do i extend myself to to people like that so be like yo whatever i can do to make your life a little bit easier i'm gonna do it how's one day as a son Ish, um, my mom, shout out to that lady dog. Mm. Like with the clothes, one mm. in clothes. Mm. Oh. And I think that's the only time I've ever given my mom mm. issues. Like, say, guy, ma, I need this thing, please. Mm. I regret it. But, anyways, it's a part of growing up. But one day the sun is, is good, man. Like I, st- I still live with my moms since my dad passed. Uh, we've been grieving and going through our shit. And I love my mom. It's like, yo, that's the family I got. Time I live, so I got to h- hold her down. So it's like, and there's no shame in that for me. It's like, my family's my family. Mm. Like, nothing else means any more. That's my mom. Mm. I'm a ride. Until I'm a ride with her. You mm. know what I mean? And that's me as the son to be like, God, what do you mean? Baby, I love you. This is my mom right now. Mm. She's grieving. She can't grieve alone. Mm. I got to grieve with her. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think I try my best. I think, yeah, in everything, I try my best to extend myself to people like that. So we, so was good. Only son in Cape Town. Hey, these are real questions. And shout out, shout out to you. Nope, I think this year, man. Mm. I think this year. I think this year. I think you're right. And those are real questions. Those are real questions because it's like, as, as, as uh, sometimes as homies, meaning I shy lifestyle the whole time, and I forget that moms is just watching. Mm. She's watching the Nike boxes come in, mm. but I'm not even getting her a box. She's watching the Levi's 501 come in, but mm. I'm not even getting her a Levi's pack watching me travel the world, Milan, Paris, mm. but she never been on a flight. Mm. These are all real questions that we go through mm. that sometimes we don't even think about. Mm. You're right in raising it. Mm. So I'll, I'll answer and say, I, it's definitely this year. I will we'll reflect on this interview in a couple of months and be like, ah, I want to lie on the podcast. <laughs> 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 I feel that man yeah. um and uh, I share I share so much relatability in that like um we tend to forget cuz we can be so in tune in the lifestyle but like exactly. moms bro exactly. moms you're right you're right shout out yeah man um I think like primarily for me bro like uh a conversation can like encompass and be wherever it goes and like primarily like I, I want or I I foresee us as bla- young black men speaking um, in a tone of answering questions that answering questions to ourselves that we didn't did that we didn't know we knew, and also gaining perspective amongst shared experiences. You know, mm-hmm. um, ha- I do 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 you do you see yourself do you see yourself ever pivoting from the ecosystem? Of the arts? Nah. 
I feel you. Nah. This shit is good, bro. <laughs> I love it, bro. I love it. Like I love it so much. I love us so much. Yeah. Um I I I will say this. I do see myself taking more responsibility um in more business roles. I have aspirations in the entrepreneurial space. Um, be it fashion, be it food, be it music, um, be it whatever, I do see myself. But even in that, those are all artistic expressions just in different ways. Um, but yeah, I love it so much, man. And I can't see myself or even imagine myself doing something different. I can't. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. How does it make you feel when you look over your shoulder um, in the in the Avengers of this artist. On the side, you have Cabello doing exceptional things about documenting South African football and him being a, a springboard of what SA archival, you know, um, football is. Not just yeah. not just the history that resides there, but, like, the consideration stylistically. Like, Cassie Flavor is, like, literally football style and culture. He's flown off. Um, on this side, you have your brother, Andile, who's a prolific, like, photographer who has so much, that, like, you can see Andile portrait, you know, across all different spaces. And your other brother is in Germany, where, like, like in, in, the, in the peripheral of working on Y3. It's unheard of, for, you know, black, young South African to you know, cross those paradigms and actually exist in those spaces. So when you look at your brothers that you started this thing with, that you share so much depth with both highs and lows, people who really knows your heart, people who knows and informs who you are, how does it make you feel to see their dreams come through? Yo, man, I, I will say this. I will say this. Um, it's amazing. And I'm, like, firstly, and this is this is no like judgments or anything like i want to give my sh my flowers specifically to gabelo i i believe personally gabelo is one of the most amazing creatives i've ever met ever wow ever in a different way that andile and xavier are gabelo is very emotional mm. um he loves it he cares for it he 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 has such a big heart that carries so much and just ha just has been unfortunate in certain levels of his life where things are whatever but this is I know that for a fact and truly wanted Gabriel gave and is giving his life to South African football how mm. many football pages have we seen on Instagram on TikTok now, mm. which is a good thing because it's like we need more people like Gabriel, mm. and he's he's given that to South African football, mm. open himself up to South African footballers to be like I can consult for consult on your image, I can consult on your playing. We can advise, we can help, we can do so much together and build this thing, build your career together. Mm. That's what Gabriel is doing in football and essay when there isn't and there isn't even a Kaiser Chiefs Museum. Mm. There isn't even a football museum in this country, and Ugabelo has it on his page as one person mm. collecting jerseys that even the soccer teams don't even have sometimes. Mm. So shout out to Ugabelo for the work that he's doing. 
Andile as well in the film space. I remember 10 years ago, Andile being one of, especially in our generation, mm. in Cape Town, I guess it's different because mm. you guys always had a film mm. culture. In Joburg, very few, mm. especially black. Mm. So for even Andile to pioneer in that space, 10 years ago, the film space, when it's not even easy, it's not even affordable, mm. it's not even accessible. Mm. Sh- having to ship films from Cape Supply, wherever mm. you get the film, as Andy Lewinjer, um, Xavier, in the brand space, believing enough in other black creatives to give them a platform to share their work, have campaigns, shoot projects that 10 years ago were only accessible for a different kind of audience mm. that had to come from a different kind of background. You had to be this level of creative to get access to this kind of campaign, mm. to even get budget. And that's what he did at Addy. He opened up the budget, opened it up to many creatives so people can have a platform to share that and to build communities. And that's why Adidas is so amazing right now because look at the communities that they've built. I'm not at Addy mm. right now, but when I see his work with Focalistic, with the Red Chimnisi, with Tim Magogo, it's beautiful because it's like, yo, homies have collectively built this thing. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, you call it the Avengers. Like, the Avengers is everybody for me. Mm. Like, Banengi. Mm. And I'm glad that they're all my friends because it's like the amount of advice on like weekly, bi-weekly, monthly that I ask from Tebe, mm. that I ask from Lucanio, mm. that I ask from Rich. Mm reaching out to Zipo. We spoke about her. Mm. Anyway, shout out. Um, like Zipo, Tony Gam, her work. Mm. Lulama. Mm. The work. You know what I mean? These to me are my, my peers, the Avengers. I'm Avengers. Mm. Where's a guy, no? Like Trevor. Mm. Steelman. Homies like I talk to and I'm glad are my friends. And if I left any names out, please don't feel like you're not an Avenger. We all are. Avengers. Because we all contributed, and I'm glad we're all friends. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Um, beautiful. You summed it up in the best way. Um, what, what are you looking forward to um, for the next 10 years for South Africa? I think the 10 years started in 2020. Let's speak about that 10 years. What are you looking for? What are you excited about? What keeps your blood boiling? What, what are you fueled by? What makes you really, really excited? It comes back to, what are we doing? Hey, yeah. what are we doing? I'm excited for a lot, man. Mm. I'm excited for myself. I'm excited for my partner. Oil. I'm excited for my team. I'm excited for my friends. On Sunday, I went to Broke Boys. Wow. I'm excited for the homies that have built a level of community I have not seen maybe since Boys and Bucks. They built it in the city as hard as it is here. They built it. So shout out to them. So I'm excited for them. I'm excited for Tebe, for Lucano, people that have won the LVMH prize and hopefully in the next 10 years, global expansion will, it's, it's a thing, it's, it's going to happen. I'm excited for myself trying to get into that in my own way, through my own journey. More stores, more businesses, more cultural conversations, more connecting. 
but things that are tangible, that are sustainable, that mean something, you know? And I'm excited to build that with friends who support and love me. And that's what I want, you know? Like, even having my own flagship store, um, maybe even being a creative director of one of these brands, you never know. Um, but I'm excited just to see to see South African creatives, artists, creating their own lanes, path new ways, path new journeys that haven't existed for people like us. And doing it in front of me, with me alongside them, in this shared journey to be like, yo, I see Hambasonke for real, you know what I mean? And I think that's like that's the thing that excites me the most, like the potential... Um, and potential is a difficult, is a, is a very difficult conversation if it, if it's not realized, because mm. um, it's just potential. But I'm excited for the potential that we all collectively have in wanting to see ourselves be better than we've been, and collectively doing it, relying on each other. I mean, there's still things we still have to fix, conversations we still need to have mm. about what are we doing. Mm. Um, but I'm excited for that the most, like traveling. Mm. connecting, mm. building, coming back and then seeding it through again. Like, mm. okay, we're doing something, like we're building something, we're doing something, we're building something. We go, we come back because home, like this is home, as I said, and building something here matters than, to me, matters than building it anywhere else. So I'm just excited to see us build something here and celebrating ourselves here um, and then exporting that for the world if, we want to, yeah, we want to, anyways, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man, it's a hard one. It's a hard one, man, but, um, yeah, man, I just want to say that, like, Danga, um, thank you for the inspiration. Um, thank you for um, sharing your life with us, um, the sacrifices you've made, um, the, the journey you've walked. Um, I can only express the highest form of gratitude um in small tokens of our friendship and brotherhood and this conversation being uh introduct introduction a first step into the journey of gratitude and celebration that we want to create for your life and the perspective that you carried it is absolutely it's it's absolutely it's I have no words to describe the 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 conversations and and the level and the and the aspirations and the future that resides for you. Um, I find it I'm finding it very blessed to exist in these times to see you and your brother Cabello really like take the South African perspective and hold it and nurture it on a very high level. Um, thank you for believing in yourselves and seeing your ideas through. I'm sorry that you've been hurt before. Um, I'm grateful that all the lows has defined and made you stronger men. Um, thank you for giving that young child who sees himself in wonder the opportunity to grow, whether it's you making that child the muse, giving him that T-shirt con contact. It can be in very small increments, sharing the, the post on the story. Please never lose your energy of being a fan of something because that's what we attach ourselves to you. You know, I'm a fan of you. Your perspective, the big, the, the shoe of the year was the Wanderly Porto 
the God, the collab. I don't think I can comp or make sense or put that collaboration into words. It felt the emblems of South Africa were shining like so through that like I, I just it was like it's so indescribable. Like, and no one can touch me, you know, because you don't understand that there's depth here. You know what I'm saying? Too much depth that resides beyond me. But it's important that the local luxury perspective is in such beautiful hands by people who really care. Thank you, bro. Ah, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Like, truly, truly, like, thank you. Said that's emotional. Damn. Yeah. I'm going to and like I'm a fan of you as well. So shout out to you for even having this platform that's given so many other voices a platform to share their journeys. You know, like I watch Tracy shit. I'm a fan of Tracy, you know what I mean? Um so shout out to you and shout out to like the rest of South African creatives and artists that work in this economy and this environment that's not always great and we make it work we make it look beautiful sometimes we hide our journeys and our stories which is not easy to always speak about and i i I wish for ourselves we'd allow ourselves a platform to be vocal about the shared struggles successes we collectively have Um, but we'll get there um we'll get there and yeah, man, I open I open myself up to anyone um, as best as I can to try help. And if anyone needs me, they know where to find me. And that's what I want for us. I want I want for us to have successful successes that are rooted in truth. Um, truth and happiness, and that's all. And I'm going to try my best to, to get us there. So, yeah, man. Shout out to you, my G. Thank you for being with us, my brother. That's love. Thank you. Zizo, my darling.